comes in to Frears and every year I think JT has the same haircut that uh, Javier Bardem had in uh, No Country for Old Men. He sort of looks a bit like a serial killer. If yep. he wasn't such a good bloke, you'd yep. imagine he's probably massacred a thousand prostitutes already. Yeah. I had big raps on Damien Cook early this year. Successful origin series. He's made the kangaroos. I was well. complimenting him early, to be fair, but um, mainly his moustache. You know what I have noticed about the women's game is their, is their hairstyle. He's going to have long hair mm. and play the game. He's going to have to keep it pretty tight, but... I'd like to see him go to the next level and shave the head. So you just want 34 baldies out there in or the women's game? at least one or two in the halves. Hello and welcome to yet another special off-season edition of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast to have unsuccessfully lobbied for an exhibition match between Palestine and Israel. Couldn't decide on whose home ground it was. But first, I'm joined by the only man who was legally prosecuted for selling his pet rock into sexual slavery. Of course, I speak of Chip Jones. Well, it was a funny-shaped rock, and, um, you know, I, I quite liked that rock. I, I wasn't selling I was lending it to people. Right. Like, I wanted it back. Okay. Well, so do pimps, yeah. to be fair. Um, they don't say, go and make some money, prostitute, and never yeah. come back. Yeah, I think there was a confusion between people thinking I was selling rock and actually oh, renting right. my pet rock. Okay. So Chances are you're doing both. Well, you know. Look, I'm not making any accusations, by the way. But Just that one's on the record, mm. the pet rock thing. I looked up your criminal record the other day. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it was a particularly um, phallic-shaped rock. It so was. I couldn't blame you for that. Yeah. Uh, huge guest on the show today, mate. Mm-hmm. Big Mark Geyer, the one, the only. He's the only man I know named after a British sports car. Yeah, right. Oh, there was that other guy. Um, what was his name? Mini Minor. Alfa Romeo. Oh. Yeah, but he was a dickhead. I'm glad you stopped being mates with him. They're not British, they're Italian. Anyway, fucked up there. Uh, look, I'll I'll never forget for me uh, the big Mark Guy moment for me. Chip was watching the 1991 Grand Final, mm. Penrith Canberra. They do the the short dropout and <laughs> Big MG storms onto it, pops a ball to Roy Simmons, wins the game. In you go. Yep. Um, a huge moment. Don't quite remember his Western Reds days as much. What was your um, Big MG memory? The, the Western Reds were just spectacular. In fact, I think I might have to get one of those jerseys. Um, look. MG, he had some big origin moments. Yeah, he did. The, obviously, the um, Wally Lewis moment comes to mind. Yeah, there was some just absolute beauties. I mean, anything with Wally Lewis in there, and particularly getting a bit of mongrel in it. Absolutely. Get a bit of mongrel in there. The MG tells his story, uh, uh, I wonder if we'll bring it up today, where he was basically told by the coach mm. to go out there and cause Put mayhem. Put the stink on. Yeah, just said, don't worry about the rules. Mm. Um, just make sure... Second scrum. <laughs> exactly. They, they know they've been hurt. Yep. Um, and that's exactly what he did. Yep. Um, and i got to tell you, as part of me, well, not just a part of me, most of me wants those days back. Well, it's a funny one. I think, I think State of Origin is one of the few formats um, where we should just be able to, and to use a term I'm very much fond of these days and one of our former callers has enlightened me too, is to punch fuck out of each other. I just, I just think, you know, why can't we just bring that back into the, at least the State of Origin series? Mm. I, I mean, agree let's with you. leave it out of NRL. That's fine. Let's have State of Origin after nine o'clock, past the kids' bedtime. Let's give it a, an R rating, and just get stuck into it. I, I'd even like to encourage one player to be able to have like some kind of drawstring garrote. I see. That's very like in pe- the shorts. It's very peaky blinders. Um, in fact, I think that, that both teams should dress up just like they do in oh, peaky, the peaky blinders. blinders with some caps. Absolutely, yep. just go at, go at it with razor blades, yep. um, and obviously, last man alive wins. Yep. Yeah, well, 
obviously goes without saying Billy Slater would get man of the series, but um, it probably, would be great to watch. He'd probably get killed first and still get, you know, man of the series, most head-ups, most tackles, most points even. Would and, he get uh, killed first because no one really likes him? Or Well, I, I, I think what it would be is um, most of the time you've got, you know, one team fighting the other team, but uh, in, a, in a violent situation, I think everyone would just kill Billy first. There'd be like a mutual nod and a wink and say, right, let's just clean this fucker up first. That could be like a new Tarantino, Kill Billy. Kill Billy. We should picture like that him. I like well, it. Well, we could almost go for Kill Bill 4. I tell you what, we've got so many ideas. We should commercialise one of them one day because um, we have no money. Um, but look, it's a really good segue, Chip, because uh, speaking of origin, and we will talk about this with uh, MG later, but mm. Freddie... Now, we know he's an odd guy. He is. Uh, he's proposing alternative State of Origin jerseys. Chip, I need to know, are you behind this? Um, look, I'm going to give Freddie the benefit of the doubt here. Um, you know, he, as far as I know, he always, uh, he's a proponent of the puff, puff, give. He, he will actually share. Um, always passes to the left. And, um, you know, when he's out there in the llama paddock, he, um, he doesn't mention the llamas. They're just there. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's a bit of a jersey angle going on here in the same kind of in the same kind of way. It's you know, he's thinking outside the box. Mm. He's thinking outside the stadium. I think he's even thinking outside the state or the normal state of mind anyway. And so, you know, let's give it a crack. What could go wrong? We're not gonna lose another ten in a, you know, in a row. We won the last one. Do you think it's a case of He's really just trying to obliterate those memories of the last 10 years. Obviously, we had success this year and it's fantastic. But mm -hmm. before that, as we know, well documented. It was painful. It wasn't great. Mm. Um, so this idea of the sky blue, is mm. he just trying to kind of get rid of the stigma that's associated with the sky blue by literally changing the jersey? Now, I don't know if any of our listeners have seen this thing, but um, I don't, what would you call it? It looks a bit like a, a Cumberland <laughs> a a Cumberland, Cumberland jersey, in fact. Like it feels like it might be from the 1930s. It's a, a bit of an interesting look. Okay. What, what do you think of the aesthetic? Well, look, I quite like it, but then again, I'm into retro. So, um, and and I think give it a go. I think anything to confuse the Queenslanders, and particularly now we've won. I I, I reckon just get out ahead and just keep changing the game, Freddie. You, you've got our you've got our approval. And um, oh, you know, so I, out of the box, isn't he? That I can almost see him going. You know what? Let's introduce Tassie to the Origin yep. series and make it a, a tri series, yep. even though they don't play the game. Yep. I, I just think Freddie's that kind of ideas man yep. who's literally trying to come up with an idea that nobody has ever had before. Look, Freddie, if you're listening uh, to the podcast now, um, give us a ring, okay? Um, don't give us a ring while we're on the phone with MG because we won't be able to talk to you, but do give us a call and, um, mate, let's, let's have a chat about it. If it came to redesigning jersey, say it was up to the voluntary tackle chip uh, to potentially redesign the jersey. Now, Freddie's got his idea. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking if we were going to go in any particular direction, I'd yep. love to see the Blues all turn out in those hypercolour T-shirts from the early 90s. Okay. Do you remember those ones where you put your hand on it and, yep. and the heat changed the colour? Yep, great idea. Um, which would be fantastic because you get those players that are a bit lazy. It's like, yep. like say, Latrell Mitchell's having yep. a quiet game. Yep. He wouldn't even heat up. His, his jersey wouldn't change. Yep. So it'd be kind of giving you a visual cue yep. of who's been a bit of a lazy shit. I think it's not a bad idea, but the dirt does that, you see. You know, you'd see a mm. lot of clean jerseys over the last 10 years. Look, I, I, but I do think you're on the right track. I, you know, I don't think we should go for sequins. Um, perhaps for the ladies' game, they could have like a sequined uh, shirt. Oh, you say that, but um, how good would Paul Gallen look 
in, in the, the sort sequin. of the disco look, like yeah. kind of the Ryan studs and the yep. the Leo Sayer yep. hair. Yeah, that's right. But I don't want him back in the team. Oh, let's, he won't be coming yeah, back. So. And look, but wait, it is Freddie. Who knows? He might go. You know what? Out of the box, Paul Gallon, halfback. I think I think he could uh, float the notion um, just to confuse the Queenslanders. Yeah, um, but I can't see. You know, I can't see Gallon coming out there and doing it unless he's going to play a Cooper Cronk role and just not touch the ball, um, not really make any tackles, just kind of stand in the background, confusing people. I think he did that for about eight years, didn't he? That's why we didn't win well, any series. Unsuccessfully, but 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 you know, maybe, maybe Freddie could change that. I mean, I'd never say never. Do you think the uh, the Queenslanders uh, might try to follow suit here? And change their uniform because obviously theirs is quite iconic. Mm. Um, it'd be very difficult to see them getting rid of the all maroon and the four X. Yeah. Um, but is there a chance that Freddie's finally got inside their head, and they're going to come out next series, not tell anyone, mm. and they'll just be aqua? You know what? I think you've raised a great point here, and this this just might be a masterstroke from Freddie. And let, and let me bear this out. Let's say that he plans to change the New South Wales jersey. Queensland follow suit and say, "Well, we're going to change our jersey." And then when they show up to play, Freddie comes out in the traditional jersey, a bit like the fancy dress party where you've told you made it's fancy dress and everyone shows up and it's not fancy dress. Just to fuck him they over. They just look that stupid. Yep. You know? You've told you made it's a Mormon theme. Yeah, it's a Mormon theme. Yep. And come it turns come out as, it's just a regular wedding. Come as your Mormon, okay? Um, and don't worry about pants. We're all wearing pink. Um, we're going to wear pink uh, MC Hammer pants, okay? So pick some of those up. Come down and... Um, Wait, can I just get this right? Mm-hmm. Is this half Mormon, half MC Hammer? Pretty much. That's where I'm going. What a fucking good look that is. It's it's pretty 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 tough to beat, that one. I'd imagine there's no way if, if the Blues turned up in half Mormon, half MC Hammer yep. gear, they have to win. Yep. Just because I think the, the Queenslanders would be stunned. Because, you know, with, with the Mormon thing, it's like you can't touch this, but I can touch like three or four different women at any one time I want. It's got hairy more after this. Welcome back to The Voluntary Tackle. Very exciting times on the show. We're just about to call the man of the moment, Mark Geyer. He said he's in his limo um, and we're allowed to call him between Penrith and Ingleburn. Okay. Uh, so we don't know where that is. I've GPSed it, have no yep. fucking idea. Yep. Uh, we're just going to call him Let's now. Let's try it now, see what happens. Good evening. Big MG. Uh, it's Eamon and Chip from The Voluntary Tackle, mate. How are you going? Very well, mate. Look, uh, obviously, first and foremost, mate, thanks so much for uh, sparing some time to come on the show for uh, a couple of idiots who get behind the mic every week. Speak um, for yourself, mate. <laughs> it's much appreciated. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure, buddy. Who, is that Eamon and who? A- Eamon and Chip, mate. This is Chip Jones. Chip Jones, mate. Nice to chat with you. Now, um, MG, obviously uh, we can't pay you any money for coming on the show, mate. We have a very limited budget, but I can uh, offer you <laughs> offer you a signed Hunter Mariners jersey if, that, uh, if that's very enticing. Mate, I'll take it if it's not signed. Oh, it's signed by Craig Kamali, so I don't know if that's uh, going to work. Well, yeah, yeah, what? I'll take it then. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, MJ, just to, just to kick everything off, uh, obviously here on the Voluntary Tackle, our mantra is there's no such thing as an off-season uh, because there's always news breaking in the world of the NRL. Um, and recently we've discovered this idea, Freddie's plan, uh, to introduce alternative New South Wales state of origin jerseys, uh, which struck yeah. us as a little bit odd. What's your take on that? Well, you, you mentioned the word odd. <laughs> That's exactly what you get with the New South Wales uh, coach, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a funky cat, um, 
I played with Freddie, uh, playing against Freddie, and uh, but mostly my memories are playing with him, and um, he does things differently, and that's the reason I think New South Wales won the State of Origin series this year. He picked the team uncon- uh, unconventionally that were picked by the basically by the, the fans and the fellow players in the team, and um, instead of going on reputations, he went on form, which is something we've been crying out for for years. He he made the players uh, hand in their mobile phones. He made the players walk on grass barefoot. He done yoga. He he done all things different. And I think if he wants to change the jersey up for the game in Perth, well, you let him do what he wants to do because when you're, when you're on a good thing, you've got to stick to it. You're right, MG. You certainly can't argue with the results. But part of me just thinks, you know, Brett Hodgson almost died for that jersey. <laughs> well, he got, he got thrown in the fourth row by the Raging Bull. That's that right. So, uh, yeah, you're right in a certain degree. But, yeah, it's, um, it reminds me a bit of the, uh, the Super League ARL jersey that the, I think the ARL uh, wore around 97. It's a bit similar to that. So... Maybe uh, Freddie's bringing back the uh, the Super League team, and we, he might know something we don't know. That's right. A part of uh, I know Chip and I have had similar theories on this. We kind of feel as though Freddie could just be an absolute mental genius when it comes to just messing with the mind of the Maroons, and we're wondering if this is sort of part of that strategy. Do you think that he's just trying to get under the skin of the of the Maroons? Well, if you're trying to get into Freddie's mind, good luck. Um, <laughs> you might be you might be in there for a, a good couple of years. Um, no, look, he's, he's unique, Freddie. Um, he burst on the scene as a 17-year-old, played first grade, played in grand final at 18 in 1990, won a grand final at 20. Um, all the records, he's, he's the most capped New South Wales player of all time. And, you know, I, I, we joke about him, but um, I, there is no joking anymore. He's, he's, he's turned the corner as far as people um, thinking he's this aloof character who... Um, yeah, just delves into the the other side, if you will. Um, he, he just he just loves exploring other alternative notions, and um, I think all the scientific stuff that comes with the jersey probably tickled Freddie's fancy as well. You know, it's got its own GPS. It's got basically it's a robot as a jersey. So I know Tedesco had one of the tightest jerseys ever in the Origin Series this year, and, and that seemed to work. So um, if Freddie wants to get this jersey changed and any way, shape, uh, shape possible, well, he's the man to do it. So, MG, uh, g'day, mate. It's uh, Chip Jones here. Look, thinking about getting into the mind of Freddie, do you think you've got to, uh, you know, beat the weeds back some to really understand what's going on in there? <laughs> I thought it was reference to uh, uh, illegal substance, no. Nope. Um, I agree with you, Mark. I totally agree, and I think that's why so many people love him. Um, I can't help but think maybe, uh, as you know, a bit of tit for tat. I'd love to see if the Maroons might follow suit and change their jersey, uh, potentially to a bit of indigo with hints of warm lemon. Love it, love it. I'd buy one. I'd <laughs> so buy one straight away. Limited edition. With, uh, yeah, with Kilroy in the back of it. Joe Kilroy Limited. smoking Joe Kilroy. Um, on, on the topic of Origin MG, um, you know, there's obviously the, the games are going to be taken to Adelaide next year. Um, are you a fan of taking State of Origins on the road? Um, I, I think as many people see Origin 
but traditionalists when it comes to it's you know, New South Wales and Queensland, and I get that. Um, but I'm also about um, spreading the love as well, and I think that the fact that we're going to Adelaide, then we're going to Perth the year after, and, uh, I, think, I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I think the more, you know, I've played in Perth, I've played in Adelaide, and um, I think that if the Super League concept was still thriving, today would be a, um, a, a fully national game, but at the moment we're not really, and we... We, our, our logo is at the NRL, which is National Rugby League, which which is kind of a, a fib because we're not national. Yeah, we're, that's right. We're Eastern Seaboard and we're, and we're New Zealand. So, um, I, I, yeah, look, I'd love to see the game flourish. I'd love to see us bring in new teams and, and just stick with them. Um, you know, prop them up like the AFL have with GWS and, and the Gold Coast Suns and, um, and, and stick with it. Yeah, the, the, you've got to have faith in the, the, the grassroots areas and they're, they're definitely grassroots areas Perth and Adelaide so but they are a big they're, they're, they're massive in the fight against the AFL so um, I'm all for um, spreading the, spreading the word and I, I don't mind it being played there yet I'm with you, Mark. I think that um, we should definitely, you know, try to expose the game across the country as much as we can. In fact, on the show, uh, we ran a little bit of a dummy test. Um, we thought we might do a bit of a Larry's Lottery, if you will, and we just put a whole bunch of venues into our hat. Um, pretty unluckily, we, we drew out Coonabarra brand three times. Uh, so that might not be a great system, but um, not sure if you think a, a lottery might be a, a good thing or not. But um, look, we wanted to quickly touch on, Mark, I know you haven't got a lot of time, but um, Rugby League Light, it's been called. Um, the NRL's proposed um, a new way of uh, making sure there's no exodus amongst young players, so they're kind of trying to lower the contact at the junior level. As a, as a man who played the game as fiercely as anyone, um, how, do you, how do you feel about um, sort of making the game a bit softer at the younger grades? Well, there's a sport already for that, and that's called Oztag. Um, if you want to play Oztag, play Oztag. If you want to play rugby league, you get tackled. That's right. And that's how the game was built. I was taught when I was five years of age and tackle around the legs and tackle as hard as you can around the legs. Um, nothing above the shoulders. And that's the fabric of our game. You know, it's, you might as well change the shape of the ball if you want to stop stop uh, aggressive tackling. It's it's a no-brainer. Like I'm not, I'm not talking as a dinosaur here. I'm talking as a... A uh, dad who's had a daughter play rugby league. I've had a dad who's, I'm a dad who's had both his sons play rugby league for over 15 years. And um, there's nothing more breathtaking when you see a, a great tackle in a rugby league game. And it, it, albeit aggressive or or copybook. So to take to have the notion of uh, of not tackling hard in a rugby league game, I think it's honestly it's a, it's a jab, isn't it? It's a bit weak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, we bring, okay, we'll bring in weight for age and and bring in, you know, that, if, that's what, if that's the case, bring in weight for age and make it a, uh, you can tick a box whether you want to play weight for age or you want to play against blokes who your age but are bigger than you. It's, try telling Jeff Tooby and Alfie Langer that mm. uh, you can't tackle hard around the legs. They're, they're two of the best defensive halfbacks that have ever played the game and they're two of the smallest blokes ever played the game. So, um, yeah, I... I, I you're right it feels like we're setting a bad precedent there and i mean look i think there's almost a danger if you you know you implemented a non-tackle version of the game we'd probably be breeding too many cody nicoremus so we want we want uh, you know tougher guys in the game 
Um, but look, uh, as you said, I think that the best solution there is probably weight, weight divisions makes a whole lot of sense. But um, look, uh, we'll probably just push on. We've actually got, wanted to quickly talk about um, Trent Barrett as well. Um, the, obviously, the very awkward situation going on over at Manly where Trent's, Des is there, Trent's still there, but no one really knows what his job is. W what are your thoughts about that? How does Trent get out of this? situation that Manly are in and I think Manly should do what they should, the right thing and, and pay him out and get on with life um, I think Brisbane should do the same thing I, I, I don't see you why would you want to coach um, at your club who has nothing to do really with your team uh, going into the future I, I, yeah look I, I feel for Trent Barrett um, you know he's, he's he wanted to pull the pin and then all of a sudden he changed his mind because there wasn't enough deck chairs in the gym and um, the gym wasn't up to scratch and all of a sudden he wants to hang around. I suppose that's the, the legal advice he's been given. So, But um, we could look at it in a positive way. Now we've only got two coaches, so they're going to be equally as good. So, But the same with uh, Penner um, in, in, in Brisbane. If, why would you want to coach uh, coaching your team who's coaching another club the following year with all eyes on that prize. Mm. I, I, I don't get it. I know players do it and I don't like how players do it because it seems to be an epidemic of it at the moment where players are playing for a club um, you know, 12, 18 months out from playing for another club. It's just subconsciously you, you've... They, you know, there's anomalies like Blake Ferguson who had a great year this year and Angus Crichton who had a great year but... As far as coaching go, I, I can't see you trying to control a roster at a club that you know you're going to another club the following year with your, your eye on that roster. So, what, you want to make this roster stronger than, than the one you're going to? I don't think so. So, it, well, you make a good point there, MG. And look, um, mate... Maybe we can put our heads together because you're one of the greatest rugby league minds going around and I've never had problem getting fired from any job I've ever had. So I reckon if we put our minds together, we can get Trent out of this. Now, I'm not saying we go for like a sexual harassment claim. I'm not saying you should glass someone. But surely there's a way that he can get out of this. Like I, I reckon we could put our heads together. We get him out of that job in like 30 minutes. Oh, there's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. There's, you know... Um Basically, that's what we're saying. Trent, if you want to, if you want to get out of it, but no, then you won't get paid out. So it is, he's caught between a rock and a hard place, old, old Baz. Um, you know, he wants his half a mil, and who wouldn't? But he's got to do it with dignity as well, so... Yeah, I'm with you, MG. Look, uh, I, I feel for Trent. I actually think he's a decent coach and he's just caught, as you said, between a rock and a hard place. But I know you, in, the, in the press you've been a little bit critical of, um, you know, uh, players and coaches breaking contracts. They don't seem to be worth the paper they're written on. Um, no. The David Clemmer situation comes to mind. Um, you know, should there be penalties involved, you reckon, if players break contracts? I think most definitely there's got to be... Do you think, in MG, do you think maybe um, if heavy, the, heavy penalties? 
Yeah, I agree. I, potentially, I don't know, if, if a player is really serious about breaking a contract, maybe they should really have to show it and demonstrate it. Like with David Clemmer, for example, maybe they say, you can go and play for the Knights, but you'll have to donate your left ear. Yeah, maybe we could, uh, you know, take an analogy from horse racing and just put some weights on the side of him for six months, slow him up a bit. That's not bad. Well, like, yeah, a handicap, and or maybe, um, yeah, exactly. Well, what if they had to do some kind of dare, MG? Like, um, I don't know, if you really want to go and play for another club, you'll have to dress up like a rabbi and run through an ISIS stronghold. (laughs) Probably increase your speed off the mark, I would think. If you really want it. love that idea of even having the uh, salary cap concession for players who've been at the club for a while. Well, why hasn't that been implemented? Because I guess from a fan's point of view, we love to see one club players, right? That's, that's one of the best points that I've heard, and I, and I agree 100% with it. If you've, if you've had more than seven years or eight years at one club, you should be salary cap exempt. I agree. Yeah. Um, it solve a lot of issues. It's, 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 well, it's, it's what does it does, it creates loyalty in the game. 100%. That, that, MG, we've got to uh, we'll get a bit of a Kickstarter campaign or something. Look, uh, I know I will, we won't hashtag, take up. That's yeah, exactly. We won't take up too much more of your time, mate. I just had a couple of listener questions to the show, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Look, uh, this is from the Biggest Tiger. Um, he's wondering how long it will take Madge to work his magic at the West Tigers. Will it be less than five years or less than two? Three years, they might see some glory as far as maybe a, 
a, fl- a prelim final or maybe even a grand final in three years' time. So, Mado, there's another question here uh, from Gavin, and he's asking, uh, should Freddie be an immortal? Um, oh, look, I've, Put you on the spot I, there, MG. I, yeah, look, I, I, the, the, as far as... I think if, if Darren Lockyer becomes one, then Freddie should be one, definitely, because... Mm. Um, they're very similar players in a lot of ways as far as their representation goes it's, uh, you know it's, it's I, I think there should be look you know, in a hundred and what ten years of rugby league I think there should be more than the uh, the amount of uh, immortals there is at the moment I've got that's pretty cool me now actually on the phone so there you go <laughs> priorities you, you better take <laughs> that MG we don't mind you he's, uh... he's, he's saying yes he should be so mate jump, <laughs> jumping on the conference call I mate we'll <laughs> Yeah. No worries, MG. Look, mate, we won't take up any more of your time, mate. But um, once again, a, a huge thank you for coming on the show. It's been awesome. And uh, you're a legend of the game, mate. And um, keep, it, keep it up. Yeah, thank you, MG. More, uh, more rugby league podcasts and more rugby league shows. We need spreading the word like you boys. Keep up the great work. Freddie, go away, mate. Come on. <laughs> you're a champion. Thanks, later, mate. Later, boys. Thanks, MG. Ciao. Cheers. What, a, what an amazing chat that was with MG. It feels a bit surreal because watched him uh, on the TV for so long. Used to watch him mm. playing as a kid. And, yep, um, great player. Yeah, to talk with him, Tough. Um, yeah, yeah. a bit of a thrill. I, f- I feel a bit like a, I don't know, maybe like a 14-year-old girl around yeah. Justin Bieber. It's probably not good. Yeah, I, I think you're a bit, I mean, I'm so used to hanging out with famous people that it's kind of like, you know, I just get straight into the mateship thing. But I can see I can see you blushing. I know you're very excited. I'm not Look, as cool mate, as you, mate. You, you, you did very well. Let's have a cheers. Yeah, cheers and, for that, mate. Yeah, good call. Nice call. Um, You're right, mate. I don't have that smoothness, unfortunately. I'm not the suave, debonair, rigid gear type. Yeah, that's what I'm for. Okay. You you see yourself like that? I I know you hire a lot of prostitutes. That's that's my job on the show. (laughs) Really? Your job is to kind of, you know, be 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 the straight guy. Yeah, right. Well, well, I don't mind. So does that mean no? It doesn't doesn't mean that. Just checking. (laughs) Just checking. The highlight for me was. Mentioning Brad Fittler and, you know, asking whether uh, he should be an immortal and actually having Freddie call MG at that moment on the show. Um, that is, that, is that down to Freddie? Because we know he's a bizarre guy. Potentially he is a Rasputin type and he knew we were talking about Well, him. I think he's one of the few guys that we actually gave the live feed to. So he's probably listening live. Yeah. Um, Have we got that functionality? Because I, I run the podcast tech and I don't even know if we do that. Well, you know, there's some things you don't know. And yeah. I have a deal with Freddie and I've said, look, mate, you know, he's, he's very keen to come on the show. Is he? And um, he's he's emailed a number of times. How good is the image of Brad Fittler emailing? For some reason, it's just you like that. It's a clash of worlds for me. I can't imagine him, you know, going. Oh, am I going to go Ariel or Calibri font? Mm. I, I just can't see it. Get stuck on the fonts. Um, but no, look, MG was great. Um, I think um, he'd be a great one to get back again, perhaps uh, when the season kicks off and get get some insight. Uh, I would have liked to have asked him about Jared Hayne uh, potentially going to the Bulldogs. Yeah, wow. Um, so that's that's sort of breaking news today, isn't it? This is kind of happening. Apparently, uh, I don't think the Red V um, are going to have him. I, I don't know if it had anything to do with um, uh, Mark Latham's call last week um, and mentioning that Jared was going. I, I, I think behind the scenes, Mark um, really wanted him to go there, um, but he had to give up that fight to go and join One Nation. And so... <laughs> Who, I wonder if Jared Hayne, because uh, he does probably see Code Hop a lot. Do you reckon mm. he might join One Nation too? Well, anything is possible. Mm. Um, I, I just think Mark's a bit too smart for that. He's a bit too politic mm. to um, open up 
the back door, so to speak, and let Jared in. I mean, where Jared would you, who's uh, you know jurisdiction uh, would Jared represent? Where would See, you put him? You'd have to rewrite some boundaries there. You would. You'd yeah. really have to. You know, a football field wouldn't be enough for Jared. No. in the world of politics, you'd start small. You'd probably say, "Look, mate, um, you could probably run for." I don't know, the, the suburb of uh, Macquarie Fields. And then you'd start small mm. and then he'd probably be unsuccessful. But if, if somehow he got through after third or fourth election cycle, yep. you'd sort of span out in concentric yep. circles. Well, I'd love to see him out of the game of rugby league for a That'd start. I mean, he, he, he was going to try and play uh, for Fiji Rugby and they've closed the door on him as well. Um, so they, they were very adamant about that today, weren't they? They weren't really having a bar of it. No. No. They, they didn't even entertain the prospect. You know, sometimes uh, the PR for these teams will do the diplomacy and they'll say, oh, look, we haven't really got enough room for That's him. Right. It's very competitive. They've He's just a gone, great player. They've we, gone, no. We just actually... He um, will not play for us. My, my money's on uh, Jared will have uh, burnt a few more bridges and, and destroyed a few more. Possibly um, literally. Could, could well know, be. Could given well his be. criminal record. I mean, his mm. pyromania is not beyond him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, what saved the NFL, do you think? Oh, uh, probably the exit of Jared Hayne. Yeah. I would have thought. They probably were onto him quick. Yeah. Because they've got good research. They've got, they've, you know, they have a mm. few guys there that are, you know, just checking the players out all the time. And go, Actually, this guy's a bit of a Trojan horse. Yeah, it was a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe you should go to the Broncos. He could be the Trojan Bronco. I'd love that to happen. Yeah. It'd be nice for Jared to bring down a big club. Yep. Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Uh, just over the wireless chip. That's right, I still listen to the wireless. I even know. though we're mm. on new media and uh, you'd think the radio is dead, but it's not. Just ask Ray Hadley. Uh, but on the on the wireless, on the way home, uh, I was hearing that George Burgess, mm. uh, he only got four weeks for that horrific eye gouge. It's a rough gouge, that one. Yeah, it's a funny one, Chip, because um, I don't have as... Well, I do have a problem with the act, but I think I might even have more of a problem with the way George Burgess reacted mm. to the charge. Yep. Uh, and that was to come out and say, this is not in my game. Mm. Well, this is not just, in my nature. That's bullshit for a start. Well, I mean, has George Burgess ever sat down and watched his own career? Because it looks very much in his game, to be honest. Mm. He loves a good knee in the crutch. He loves a good forearm over the head. Yep. Um, raking the old knuckles over someone's eye sockets. I mean, that's, uh, I'd say, a bi-weekly event for him. So for me, if you're going to try to remove someone's eyeball whole, in mm. one foul swoop, yep. at least be honest about it. Yeah, and say, look, I, I messed it up. I didn't get the whole eye. Mm. I mean, that, maybe that's what he's saying. You know, it's not really in my game to get caught, or maybe it's it's not in my game to, um, you know, fail. Right. So he wasn't pop, referring to the act. Pop the eye. Okay, fair enough. So it, it, for him, I think his game plan was to actually go for a, uh, a sort of an Ivan the Terrible mm. uh, tactic and actually removed, basically blind the player. Pretty much. I, th right. I, I think that's what he was going for. And, you know, let's not forget an eye gouge is pretty painful. That hurts. Yep, it's not nice. Um, I think for me it's down there with one of the worst acts you can commit on a rugby league field um, outside of maybe trying to remove someone's testicle surgically. Could there be anything worse than that? Well, Hopper Wado went there. That's true. There's I always mean, exceptions. You know, that, that was worse. I mean, mm. a finger in the eye is not quite as bad as a thumb in the bum hole. But look, you know, they're different types of pain. Yeah, they're um, both sort of orifices, aren't they? I mean, an eye, an eye socket's not generally considered an orifice, but when George Burgess gets a hold of one, yep. certainly makes it one. Well, he was trying to make it an orifice. And yeah. I think, I think um, 
you know, Hopperwater was trying to uh, widen the orifice as well. So, mm. you know, there are some similarities there. I think, uh, you know, one's, one's painful and one's shameful. So what I never understood about the Hopperwati saga that yep. you're referring to is when they questioned Hopper about it, mm. I still remember he said, um, well, no, I wasn't trying to anally penetrate the other player. Mm. Um, all I was doing was trying to slow down the play the ball. Yep. And I just remember distinctly feeling like that would speed up the play the ball, if anything. Yes, look, you do make a good point, and 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 we have spoken about this before, um, being one of uh, potentially one of the reasons why the voluntary tackle exists uh, is is moments like that mm. um, that maybe are not um, you know spoken about. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because I feel like as much as uh, you know, you almost feel like you can't have a person like John Hapoati in the game because mm. you know the games move. I mean, but he was doing criminal stuff yeah. on the field, but as a viewer. I did like it. It was like, I mean, it was a compelling viewing because you were like, anytime Hopewati was on the field, you go, I don't know what criminal act he's going to commit today. Well, one thing I thought was funny is, uh, you know, if 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 you'd, I mean, how do they go in the female game doing that? I don't think anyone's tried to. Well, you wouldn't want to play mixed. No, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. You'd you'd, you'd be in big trouble. What do you think about the punishment here, Chip? Uh, George Burgess only got four weeks. Mm. Now we've seen. You know, people do high shots when they've got six to eight weeks. Yep. Um, the eye gouge, as we said, it's probably considered one of the dirtier acts in the game. How did he only get four weeks for that? It's, it's like the ultimate high tackle in a way, isn't it? A little bit, It's yeah. like an eye tackle, in fact. Um, yeah, he sh- it's, it's a low act, and I think, you've, I think you've raised the point well there. I mean, you can get a dangerous high tackle that's unintentional, but nonetheless, mm. you're going to sit out for... If it's a bad one, you could get four to five weeks, you yep. know, just for a... I didn't mean it, but yes, it was really dangerous. Um, spear tackles as well can be really dangerous, not necessarily intentional. Um, the eye gouge, well, I, I, don't ha- I don't see how you call that anything other than intentional. It's not in the spirit of the game. And um, really, I think you should probably be sitting out for a bit longer than four weeks. So when it comes to that punishment, if we, if we was, uh, you know, we pl- love playing a bit of hypothetical here on the show. Mm. If we were the judiciary handing out the punishment here, yep. or at least extending it beyond four weeks, yep. um, what should we dish out for George Well, Burgess? the first thing I'd say is look here. Right? Okay, so you'd act like an English bobby cop. Yeah. Um, say, hello, 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 look I'd here. I'd say hello, hello. Now, listen, look here. You're fucking Nick, mate. Right? Mm. Trying to, to sort of speak to him in his own language. I'd say you were fucking gone. Right, right. so you'd throw him in prison, in you've, an English prison. You've done, a, you've done a mug act, mate. You're a mug lear, right? You're yeah. listening. Right, good. Now shut up, cunt. You're gone, right? So fuck off. Right. That's, I'd probably open with that. Right, so you, can, just, to be, just to clarify here, uh, are you hitting George Bird? Is his punishment that uh, he has to listen to you do that impression? Or... Do you mean you literally want to throw him in an English jail? I think I want to do fucking both. You know what I mean? I want to do him. What if we did the um, the ironic punishment okay. and we said like eye the for an eye? The ironic punishment. Exactly. Okay. We yep. do an eye for an eye. Yeah. And we say, well, it's okay, mate. You can play yep. next week. Yeah. Uh, but we're taking your left eyeball. Yeah. Maybe we could like replace it with something bionic and call it the eye ironic punishment. Right. Like but wouldn't bionic. that improve him? Like, because if you had a bionic eye, wouldn't it be better than a regular? Yeah, but eyeball? I think what we do is have the bionic eye cocked. To the side. It's getting highly sexual. I, I don't know if it was the direction we we're looking for. Not, 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 not to actually dick him in the eye, but okay. what I'm saying is that bionic eye off centre mm. and unable to be centred. So you'd have this amazing vision of like the touchline yeah. all the time. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um, mind you, just out of interest, I don't know if you know this, mm. uh, Sam Burgess did dick someone in the eye once. <laughs> it's at this time in the show 
that I would like to bring up something that just pisses me off. Just fucking shits me. That's not like you, mate. You know, um, I've tried to get over it and I've really struggled. And Is it that rash again? No, that's that's cleared up. Okay. Um, and I, I, look, I want to share this with you and get, get your feedback and maybe get some listeners' feedback. But uh, I'll preface this first. But when I was a kid, I used to play the great game of rugby league. And I was a little kid and I played under eights. And I played eights against the other eight-year-olds. And they were a bit bigger than me, but I had the heart. And then when the under-9s team came on after us and they didn't have an extra play, you know, I went and played for them. And I backed up and I ate shit and fucking got smashed, but I grew, I grew up tough. In order to placate some of the the Nancy boys, some of these PC fuckwits out there, they're trying to bring in rugby league light, Eamon. They're trying to bring in a non-contact version of rugby It's just not rugby league. It's, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? It's sort of like, um, you know, it feels like a contradiction in terms. Rugby league non-contact, because it is the toughest game of all. What could we call it? Uh, shit house. Shitty league? Yeah, just would you want to have a play? Because it's under not rugby. Under There's no rugby house. league. There's no rugby in that rugby league game. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and look, the, the rationale, I, I believe, uh, for the NRL doing this is because they're worried about young kids going, oh, we'll go off to other sports because their parents don't want... Mm. You know, uh, their kids playing what tough. is you know Growing perceived tough. to be a tough, tough sport. Yeah. Well, obviously, it is a tough sport. Um, so they're going off and playing AFL and soccer and cotton wool, sometimes netball, going playing cotton bandages, a little bit of lacrosse. Yeah, um, I believe it's making a bit of a growth yeah. spurt in New South Wales. So we need to sort of clamp down on this, mate. Some squash, maybe. You mentioned something earlier, and it really resonated mm. with me when I used to play junior league as well. Mm. Uh, it is a rite of passage Definitely. for a young one because. Sometimes you would play against someone, uh, and I'm not stereotyping, say his name is Gimmer, um, and he's from an island. And and he may or may not be an extra five years older than everyone else. He may have had a beard when he was 12. Yeah, Uh, a bit suspect. He may have been cheating. That's all aside. Um, As a a 12-year-old, you have to basically man up and learn how to chop down a man by the ankles. Yep, exactly. And, of course, the first five times it ended horribly. I was basically, you know, it was like, throwing my head into a dashboard That's at high right. speed. But um, I think in the end, as a man, I look back very fondly on those moments, even though I did have a crushed pelvis. Mm. Yeah, well, once once someone does find you on the field um, and picks you up out of the dent in the ground, dusts you off somewhat... Um, the crater. You, you, you come back stronger. And, you know... Sometimes. Some kids didn't ever well, walk well, again. S- well, some kids didn't ever walk again, but you know what? That's rugby league. That is league, isn't it? That's the game of rugby league. You didn't see Cooper Cronk running on in the grand final going, let's play touch. Mm. I mean, rugby league is rugby league. If they want to mess with it, maybe we should make an anagram of rugby and call it buggery league. Well, we could do that. I mean, it'd be very confusing for Just be a little slap and tickle. Maybe you can, you know, just behind the ears. Could you give me a little scratch? Do you know what I liked about Cooper Cronk going out? Mm. Uh, Not just obviously playing with a broken scapula and manning up, but the fact that he didn't elect to go with the sling. Yep. He went, fuck it, I'm not even going to take a a medical device. And didn't whinge. I mean, because it probably wouldn't have been, uh, you know, a part of the uniform. He probably wouldn't have been allowed to do that. But even if he had the option. Well, he could have folded the jersey up to cradle his arm. He didn't didn't do that. He goes, fuck it. You know, I've got a scapula that hurts. In fact, Trent, I'm playing. Mate, just to let you know, I'm playing. And not only that, yeah, I'll do an interview afterwards. Yeah, I'll go over and see Craig Bellamy and say, yeah, mate, thanks, we won. Cheers. Mm. I like it. I, I, I'm with you. I just You can't see the game of rugby league without contact. It's sort of like, I don't know, taking the pedophilia out of the church. They, it just runs hand in hand. It's just not really the same thing, is it? 
not the same thing. Um, and I worried, uh, I was reading as well uh, today, and I don't know if this is confirmed, but they're wondering um, if they should get Quade Cooper to be the ambassador for this non-contact rugby league because obviously he's made a career out of playing at the highest level and never been able to make or affect a tackle. A tackle, that's right. Um, so he really any decent, decent play. Mm. But, yeah. Oh, he wasn't bad with the ball in his hands, but um, I don't think he ever tackled anyone. Mm. This is a shit idea. We can agree with that. How else are they going to keep young guys playing the game? What, what kind of incentives can they offer? This is a very good question. Mm. Um, and I probably have to get a little bit philosophical here because I think the game of rugby league and a, and a young man's uh, rite of passage through the game of rugby league... Um, is ever diminishing in our society because the idea of a strong man, a tough man who can make a tackle and hit the ball up is is being pretty much systematically taken out of our society. Um, Are you talking about like a, in the office? You'd love to sort of get someone in a spear tackle in a in a meeting or well, something. Sometimes that was necessary, right? Yeah, because I mean that now they kind of want you to use your words or or a PowerPoint prezzo. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, well, but you want to bring back a shoulder well, charge. Well, which is quicker? I mean, look, I can stand there and make a PowerPoint presentation about you're a fuckwit. Yeah. I can tell you you're a fuckwit or I can just smash you. Yeah. And, and then you'll know. And I can go back to work and make my cup of... Look, I can do that in the time it takes me to boil a cup of tea. Mm. Okay. I've actually just Googled that. Sorry, Chip, uh, to interrupt you there. Uh, that's actually grievous bodily harm. That's it's what it's... A, that's it's right, a, yeah. yeah. I uh, think we should bring back grievous bodily harm. Right. Do you I think, think that should be the name GBH, of our show? GBH. I mean, I, there's a G, a B, and an H in rugby. I mean, it's it's it, it except for the H. <laughs> oh, yeah. That brings us to the end of the show. And uh, for those that have hung on, we thank you very much. It's it's been a very special one, Chip. It's uh, very nice to have uh, yet another very special guest uh, in MG joining us. Hopefully, um, who would you like to see on the next show? Well, look, I know. I mean, we've, Smith. we've spoken about this. I know that um, Brad's very keen to come on, so maybe we could uh, send a shout out there. Um, which which Brad? Brad Mackay? No, Brad Fittler. Oh, okay. You know, he's uh, he's been you know trying to get on for a while. Mm. Uh, maybe we maybe we could go there. We haven't had any female guests, and I'm starting to think that it might be time to have uh, you might perhaps, be right, perhaps a female guest on. Yep. Show we're not completely misogynistic, or at least not both of us. At least not five, like five percent off the misogyny would be nice. Yeah, just knock a little off, a little discount. Yeah. Could even get my wife on. We'll see how that goes. You still, I'm yeah, yes. she's stuck with me. Wow, fun. I know. Despite you know, that's, that's amazing. Um, but look, it brings us to the end of the show, and I know uh, we we our signature exit is uh, when you chip uh, provides some wisdom for our listeners. So, mm. what's the wisdom this week that you can share? Well, uh, why did the mushroom go to the party? Don't know. He was a fun guy. Why would a mushroom go to a party to begin with? Aren't they? They're not even sentient. Um, I think you're getting a little bit too literal Fair enough. For, for the joke there. Yeah. Um, maybe wanted to hang out with Donald Trump's you know, penis. Maybe. I've heard it's mushroom-like. <laughs> the mascot fight. The Roman Colosseum. Okay, let's set the stage. You, you, you're 600 AD. Okay, they're going to bring out two mascots into the Colosseum. We've got free bread, free wine. Everyone's shit-faced and calling for blood. Are you thinking of Oktoberfest? All we need to do now is bring the two mascots out. Now, I need you to pick these two mascots. So give me two numbers. Okay. Um, 3,201. Okay, that'll make a six. And four. Okay, six and four. 
That gives us. The system's very strange, Chip. Well, you said 3,000. No, you said 1,203, I think. Nowhere near it. What did you say? 2,704? I have no idea. Well, whatever it was, it equaled a one or a six or whatever I said it was. Just fucking listen to me. Um, so six and four, that gives us, what have we got here? We've got an Auckland Warrior. That's going to be tough to beat. Okay. Um, taking on a Parramatta Eel. Ooh. Warrior so versus the warrior Eel. Warrior versus an Eel. And well, the can Warriors I kick off? at home. Oh, the Warriors at home. Warriors okay. At home. Well, I'm giving you my image of the mascots here okay. um, is essentially uh, Jake the Muss from Once Were Warriors. Of course. Yeah. So I'm imagining he's, he's quite inebriated. Yep. Um, he's angry. He he's makes the, he wants the e- the eel to make him some fucking eggs. He hasn't had his eggs. He hasn't had his eggs yep. yet. Um, That's a dangerous mus right there. Oh, hundred percent. And so this eel already is in a bad position. Mm. Um, he's he's up playing an uphill battle because does the eel even know how to placate an angry mus with some eggs? I doubt. I doubt an eel would know how to make eggs. Probably wouldn't. It would only know. make him yep. angrier. Yep. Jake the mus. Even um, watching the eel try to make egg, eggs would infuriate further. Yeah. Jake, unless something kind of ironic happened, and when the eel was trying to scramble the eggs, mm. it got caught in the saucepan, and Jake the must end up getting served in eel and eggs, which mm. he might have found quite tasty. Could the eel have fried the egg with its electricness? Ooh, could it have it actually cooked the egg with electricity? I don't know. It's possible, mate, but I think he'd use a stove. Yeah, that's just the way I visualised it. But yeah. maybe you're right. Well, the eel's going to struggle to like push the buttons. Mm. And, like, open the door and stuff on a microwave, I would think. Either way, mate, the eel's going to struggle it's there. Struggling. Even if it makes the eel successfully, um, I don't think it's going to stop Jake the Mus from just kicking the shit out of it. Jake's scared of snakes. Perhaps he'd get confused and think it's a snake. Or <sighs> I think that's Indiana run Jones. Away and fall over or something. thinking of different movie characters. I don't yeah. think he's afraid of snakes. It didn't come up anyway. Maybe mm. the director's cut. Yeah. I don't know. I certainly don't remember them bringing that up as a subplot. Of Once Warriors. It's mainly about domestic Probably violence. Probably not. No, mm. and the abuse of his daughter. 